Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 205 of the podcast. It's July 24th, 2014. Today's episode is a conversation uh, with Joe Schnur. He is a VP of Business Development at Intelligent M, which is a company that in their words, designs data-driven hand hygiene compliance improvement solutions for hospitals that dramatically reduce healthcare-acquired infections and their associated costs. So Joe and I have talked a number of times um, over the past year, and you know we, we share a passion for improving patient safety. We've had um, some real good conversations comparing notes on the problem of um, the lack of proper hand hygiene adherence or compliance, whatever you'd want to call it. And more importantly, the, the harm and the infections um, that, that are caused and the effect on patients. So I appreciate that they're working on solving this problem. You know, in, in the conversation, we'll talk about the balance between individual accountability and system problems. You know, I'm a big believer that you know, for most any problem, that technology alone is not a solution, but we have systemic problems, we have management and culture issues. I think you know Joe and I are in agreement that there are no quick fixes to this problem, but you know, I'm really intrigued by the role that um, their technology plays in uh, providing data and uh, hopefully using that data for improvement, not for punishment. And uh, we, we've talked about these themes, and I hope you find this all um, really interesting here in the episode. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts and feedback. You can go to leanblog.org slash 205 if you want to post a comment or join a discussion about this uh, this topic, this episode, and you can also go to leancast.org if you want to find um, all of the past episodes. As always, I want to thank you for taking time out to listen. Joe, hey, it's great to talk to you again, and thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Yeah, hey, Mark. Uh, glad to be here, and thanks for having me. Yeah, sure thing. Um, a lot of interesting things to talk about today. I think it's a great topic, and we'll delve into, into this and what your company is doing. Maybe you can start off, um, introduce yourself and Intelligent M, who you are and what your company does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my name is Joe Schnur, and I'm the vice president of business development for a new startup technology company called Intelligent M. And uh, I'm sure we'll get into the details, but basically we're, we're focused on improving hand hygiene to reduce uh, the spread of infections. Yeah, before we get into that, into the technology and, and, and this approach and everything, let, let's, you know, I guess it's a good way of framing a discussion for a lean podcast to talk first about the problem statement. You know, for you know, listeners who are in healthcare, they may very well know, listeners in other industries um, might not know the extent of this. So, yeah, lay the groundwork in terms of the hand hygiene problem and, and more importantly, um, the hospital infection problem, kind of the scale of the problem, how this works together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So certainly the, the thing we're trying to, to fix or reduce or improve is um, the reduction of infections that people acquire while they're in the hospital. So you go in to get one thing fixed. Um, however, you acquire an infection. And unfortunately, um, millions of people uh, have unnecessary harm every year in hospitals. Uh, due to these infections. And uh, if you look at some of the numbers on the websites out there, they say up to 100,000 U.S. people 
uh, die of these infections. So again, you go in for one thing and you never leave the hospital because you acquire an infection that winds up killing you. Um, so how do we reduce the spread of these infections? Well, there's lots of different ways, but again, the, the Joint Commission and the World Health Organization and some of these big agencies that really focus in on these problems, they all say, they all agree that the number one way is to increase just cleaning your hands more increase and, you know, do a better job as an organization on hand hygiene. And uh, I think to people maybe from outside of healthcare, it, it, it's shocking to, to think about just the, the, the sheer scale of this problem. Um, how many, you know, we've talked about this in, in previous podcasts, just how many people are, are harmed or even killed by uh, preventable problems in, in the healthcare system. And increasingly, a lot of these infections are um, viewed as preventable by, by having better processes, executing more consistently on a day-to-day -day basis of, of making sure that, that people have what they need to, to practice proper hand hygiene. I mean, I think I, mean, I see a lot of hospitals, they, they hang posters in, you know, I, I don't think lack of education about um, germs and infections, I, you know, that's not the problem. I think people in healthcare know they're supposed to practice hand hygiene. They know why they're supposed to practice hand hygiene, but, but it doesn't happen nearly enough for, for a lot of different reasons. So um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I mean, um, well, you know, first off, I mean, maybe we can talk about the data. And we, you and I have talked about this before privately. When you talk about percentage adherence or, you know, percentage compliance, um, different terms gets, get used. I mean, you know, what, what do the, the data show about the percentage of time people are actually able to um, or actually do perform hand hygiene the right way? And I know there's different ways of measuring this. Maybe let, let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you bring up a couple good points. First of all, you're right. On the, from an education standpoint, um, you know, um, healthcare workers, they, they do know what they're supposed to do. There are very established guidelines and people have been trained. And actually, hospitals do a great job at, at training people on what these guidelines are and the expectation on adherence. So you're right. That's not the problem. Um, the, the challenge is measuring the adherence. No, so first of all, you got to think about how many employees we're talking about in, a, in an average hospital, you have thousands of employees that are in, in and out of rooms, touching patients, all different types of roles. So that's just lots of different types of people. Um, then you have, just think about how many opportunities. I mean, if you're a patient in a bed in a hospital, how many, pa how many people are walking in and out of your room in a given day? That's a lot of opportunities to for people to, again, move infection around or clean, clean their hands. Um, so how do you measure a process like this? Well, today they're using visual observation. So they literally have people with a clipboard that are observing people. Um, you know, this is probably an outdated process and we need a better one. Um, so because the, the, the process isn't very good, therefore the data isn't very good. So most hospitals using this visual observation, they're reporting very high percentage compliance 
90 plus percent compliance on hand hygiene mm -hmm. based on this current model. And However, it, yeah, yeah. And sorry, sorry to interrupt. It just it seems like that model is sort of the equivalent of um, a state trooper on the side of the freeway with lights flashing. And if they were measuring how many cars are speeding, I bet the percentage is very low because we all see that that cop that's not hidden and, and, we, and we slow down if, if we were speeding to begin with, right? It's kind of an artificial measure. People know they're being observed. They can see it, right? Yeah, no, it's a, a great way to look at it. I'm going to have to use that one. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but sorry, so, you're, you're continuing. You were, you were, uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously the, the proliferation of technology over the last bunch of years has been amazing. And there's certainly better ways to measure uh, the adherence to this very important topic. Um, so when we implement our technology and we go in and we actually go in and do an assessment, we say, hey, let's go in and measure over the next, say, seven to 10 days what your real performance is using some technology to capture data. And again, the hospitals, the same hospitals that are reporting 90 some percent, when we go in and measure, they're usually less than 20 percent compliance. So that's an eye opener, I bet, to say the least, right? I mean, so if 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 through through their old way of measuring it as as flawed as it is, things look fine under under that measurement system. And now with some technology, let's say, and I'm, you know, I'm not advocating this, but I could see back to the speeding analogy. You know, look, our, our cars have, you know, GPS and onboard tracking. And, you know, there would be lots of ways of actually looking at real data to see how much people speed on the freeways. Now, you know, people raise, you know, privacy concerns about that. And, you know, there's a, a public safety effect. But, I mean, I think in hospitals, things, I think, clearly go, uh, the, the balance should be towards um, patient safety, public safety, um, you know, that, 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 that results from not um, following proper hand hygiene. So, so when, when you have, we'll talk more about the technology of, of, of how this is measured, but so just, I mean, can maybe expand on the point of what happens when better data exposes that there actually is a hand hygiene problem? How do people react to that? Yeah, it's been interesting, Mark. Um, there's a natural resistance to it um, because, again, we're we're disrupting their current process. So there's always going to be a natural resistance to something like that. Um, I think there ultimately is a belief in the data and that it is better data, more accurate data. And then there's the, you know, oh, wow, we got a serious problem that we were not aware of before. Then it's a matter of, you know, what are you going to do about it? And, right. you know, the, the good answer would be, let's fix it. Mm -hmm. um, then you got to discuss how you're going to fix it. But there are, you know, some that potentially would say, yay, maybe we brush that one under the rug. It's back to questions of what, you know, do we make things look good or do we make things actually good? And, and it's, it's so easy for people in all sorts of settings to focus on making things look good, whether that means, you know, gaming the system in some way or, or saying, well, I like that. I like that, you know, older, imperfect measurement better. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways people could react. And and so, you know, as, maybe as we transition to talk about the technology a bit, um, 
I mean, how would you frame this whole hand hygiene problem? Is it is it a technology problem? Is it a, a management problem? A culture problem? Is is it both? Yeah, I think it's all all of that. It, it's yeah, it's all of that. There's a there's a definitely gap in in technology and how we're gathering data. There's a natural resistance to change. There's the you know is that really the problem I should focus on? Yeah, there's all of that. Yeah, because I mean I, th I think it's you know it. In some ways, it's a very simple problem, um, but it doesn't lend itself to easy, simple solutions. And, and I think, you know, a lot of it, you know, you know from a lean standpoint, if, if first we've agreed, okay, there is a problem and we need to be honest about that. And that's that's the first step. Then we need to figure out what, what to do about it. And, you know, I think, you know, some of the approaches hospitals have taken, you know, with, I think, very low-tech approaches include, you know, doing everything we can to make sure people have um, gel or foam dispensers everywhere they would need them and then making sure those those dispensers are actually full i, I always do spot checks and you know it's it's uh, it's sad to see how often those dispensers are empty and you know there, there's a number of systemic barriers you know i think people you know are often overworked and overburdened we can you know free up time so that people can actually uh, do the right thing but you know i think i think there's a really interesting role for you know, measurement and and follow up, and and that's where technology comes in. So maybe you know, talk a little bit about the Intelligent M technology, um, what it does, how it measures, you know, the, the how it collects this data, and and more importantly, how it leads to um, helping solve this problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I do want to back up because I think you do bring up a good point that we we should talk about. Um, and recognize is that, you know, hospitals have done a lot over the last bunch of years to improve their hand hygiene. Uh, like you said, they now if you go in uh, a hospital, you will see sanitizer uh, dispensers everywhere. They're in every single patient room. They're in every hallway. They're at the nurse's station. They're at the front desk. And, you know, that didn't exist five years ago. So the access to the product, uh, and that's a lot of investment that hospitals have had to make. Um, the use of gloves, think about how that has really expanded over the bunch of years. So they have spent a lot of money and invested in uh, products to improve this process. So I think that should be recognized. Yeah. Um, so what we're trying to do is um, we're trying to capture the data better. And we're really trying to shift that to the individual healthcare user. So what we have is a, a wearable device, which uh, wearable devices are, you know, becoming more and more common every day to measure personal things that we want to track, whether it's how many steps we took or how many stairs we climbed because we want to increase our fitness. Well, we have what we call a smart band that's a wearable device, wear it on the wrist, and it allows you to collect data on every hand hygiene event that you make during the day. So you basically scan a little tag that's on every dispenser. When you scan the tag, the band will vibrate telling you that it read the tape, it read the tag and recorded an event. It does know the difference between soap and sanitizer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this band goes a step further and it actually, it measures your adherence to proper, technique 
So again, there are very established guidelines on how to properly wash your hands, which healthcare workers know, but without measuring it uh, and giving real-time feedback, what we find is that people don't adhere to it. So we actually, the band will actually vibrate one time at the end of a proper hand hygiene event and three times at the end of an improper non-compliant event. And it silently just buzzes because it's on the wrist. And this is sort of like a, a Fitbit or one of these fitness yes. bands that, that they would wear, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I hear, I hear saying there, there's two key components. One did they do it? And two, did they do it properly? And I mean, I think you know, that's important because it, we, we can't always take it for granted that the hand ha washing, hand hygiene is being done um, correctly. People may have forgotten the best practices or maybe they weren't trained properly. I've seen hospitals that have gotten into the details of, of going back and reteaching everyone how to do hand hygiene. And there often is quite a gap between um, how, how they're actually doing it versus the uh, the best practice. And, and so I, mean, I think it's good to be able to reinforce that as well um, and, and, and look at the data to say, okay, well, you know, do we need to do enough training on the proper approach, not just when, but how? Well, it, it even it, even a step better than that, it allows you to focus your training on mm -hmm. the people that need it the most. So the people that are doing a great job, maybe they don't need as much training. Uh, but then clearly you are going to see people that are not doing a very good job. So that allows you to really, again, find out who those people are and let's give them the proper support and training that they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think being able to focus, um, to give feedback to, to individuals, I, I think that's important. A lot of times organizations, I think, kind of fall back on, well, we don't want to single anyone out. We know there's a problem, so we're going to make everybody go through the training, and that that irritates the people who say, "Well, wait a minute, why why are you you know quote unquote punishing all of us um, if it you know if it's viewed that way instead of addressing the people who aren't clocking in properly or aren't do aren't doing this or that properly? Um, what are your thoughts or what do you see out there? I'm curious in terms of you know using the data to drive improvement versus, you know, and I think that's the right approach, um, mm -hmm. versus using data to, to single people out and punish them or write them up or um, how, do, how do you see people using, uh, you know, the, the technology? I think this is where, you know, we start interfacing with, with culture and, and how people use the technology. What, what do you see happening out there? Uh, you know, I think the word we're, we're discussing here is accountability, individual accountability. And you know what? The, as a healthcare worker, um, you you do have a lot of responsibility, and you do need to take accountability. And hand hygiene is just one component of what you are expected to do. It's a it's a part of your role. Um, so, should you, as a healthcare worker, want to understand what your individual performance is, and then maybe even how does it? compared to a goal that a minimum goal that is the standard and then maybe even how does it compare to your peers so if you want to be the best which lots of us do what is the best so again what we do is we we have a, a social networking application which again are is a hot topic these days we use the data to provide the individual exactly that we tell them we tell them their individual data it, we have a, uh, a goals 
driven system. So we set goals by role type. We tell you, did you, did you, you know, meet the goal, exceed the goal or miss the goal. And then we also show them how they're doing compared to their peers. So while they may have met the goal, um, compared to their peers who are crushing the goal, they're, you know, maybe they're 50 percentile, but maybe they want to be in the top, you know, five percentile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a natural competitiveness. I mean, I think you see this when you post data, you know, let's say, you know, on time, surgical starts and other aspects of healthcare where part of me says, well, you know, hmm, you know, we, we need to focus on the system and not pit people against each other. But I think when you see, I think there's a difference between looking at data and seeing, you know, systemically, consistently low hand hygiene compliance. To me, that would point to system problems. But then I think if you see a, a big spread in the data where some people are doing it 98% of the time and some people are doing it 17% of the time to say, well, wait a minute, why is that? And, and to, to investigate that and, and to provide follow up. Um, I, I think, it, I think data like this would help, you know, use properly would help sort out not being able to do it versus just choosing not to do it. And I think that's an important thing to distinguish in, in process management. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is no different than any other, you know, trying to activity that you're trying to improve upon. What we see is that the people that resist it the most are usually the lowest performers. Uh, the high performers, they love the tool because it tells everybody that they're a high performer. Um, so we see that kind of that natural situation occurring in the facilities that we work with. Yeah. Well, so I mean, let's talk about some of the the uh, results that you've had from uh, trial use, uh, some of yeah. the before and after. Because again, the goal you know is not just measurement, but it's improvement, and and not just improving compliance, but then trying to trace through to uh, infection rates and and the effect on patients. What, what are you seeing in in the early trials? Yeah. So first of all, I'll go down through the list. So first of all, just the amount of data. So we normally will go in and we'll do an assessment in about 10 days. We collect more data in one unit than that hospital will collect all year across all units. So from a, from a data collection, it's not even close. It's way more than 10 times the amount. It's probably a hundred times more of data. Yeah. And instead of being kind of a, um, a sketchy sample, it's, it's much more uh, rigorous and, 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 much more accurate data, it seems. That's correct. So then you have to say, well, what, you know, how accurate was the previous data, even though you didn't have much, you know, how accurate it was? Well, it's probably not very accurate at all versus very, we say, 100% accurate. Um, so, so that's the first point. The, so then what are the results? What are the results normally show? So first of all, on this kind of quality technique of how well you actually adhere to the, the guidelines on properly washing your hands. First of all, that's not being measured at all in mm -hmm. hospitals, zero. Um, even, measured, even through that observation, it's just more, it, more of a check the box. Yeah, it looked like they were washing. Yes, correct. It's so hard to really measure it. Uh, just watching somebody, you'd have to count 15 seconds. There's, you'd have to be able to measure, you know, are they using enough vigor? So again, technology really allows us to do that. So we go from no measurement and really no idea on adherence to 100% measurement. 
of the people that use our tool. And what we see is less than 20% adherence to proper technique. So that again, very alarming. Yeah. The good the good news is with our tool, we can move that to over 80%, usually within two days. Wow. So dramatic improvement. And then with over a short period, call it a couple of weeks, we usually move that up above 95% compliance. Mm-hmm. So that's so, a met- metric that we can move very rapidly. Yeah. I mean, can you tell how much of that improvement comes from, hey, you know, you, there, there's this increased focus. Um, people are looking at it. You're wearing this this device. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be curious. I mean, I know, you you know, trials with this aren't aren't, you know, double blind medical you know style research. But um, if somebody were to wear a placebo band that was just like a, a, a Lance Armstrong dumb wristband <laughs> that said, wash your hands, that, that probably wouldn't have the same effect as the technology that's buzzing and, and giving feedback. Right. No, the, the feedback vibration component is very critical because, again, what we do is or during the assessment, we do not have the feedback vibration enabled. Um, so we just see what people do naturally. Soon as we turn on the vibration and they get that feedback of good, bad, or, you know, comp- you did a compliant versus not, people immediately shift to uh, compliance. Interesting, because I, I would expect there would be some improvement. Sometimes people call this Hawthorne effect from just wearing any band. But w- what I hear you saying is that you think, well, there's really no effect until they start getting that feedback. Well, it is kind of interesting. Um, the first day that we put the band on, when you're wearing it, to your point, your mm-hmm. awareness is the highest. We always see the highest percentage on day one. Uh, mm-hmm. But it rapidly, within about three or four days, drops significantly, usually at least in half. Sure, sure. Because that awareness drops off without the feedback mechanism. Right. So, so that's the quality of the event. The other thing that we measure is frequency or how often or how many events are you recording. Mm-hmm. And what we see here is we see a major var- variation. So we see some people that are recording tons of hand hygiene events throughout their shift. They're in and out of rooms. They should be. And they might record 70, 80, 100 events in a shift. Of course, we see the other end of the spectrum. We see the the same level healthcare worker that is interacting with the patients the same amount. So their number should be equally as high, but instead it's, 10 events, 15 events, 18 events, so much lower. And then, of course, you see everything in between. Well, and then I guess the real question would be looking at the sustained level of improvement. I mean, again, it's similar, you know, technology like this, sort of like having uh, a helpful coach looking over your shoulder and, and, and giving that feedback in a way an observer wouldn't be doing. So you, are you seeing how, how long have, have these trials been sustained to see the percentages uh, remaining high? Yeah, I'd say our, our longest one has been in um, and sustained for, yeah, call it three or four months now. Yeah, it, it's, it's early, you know, to be it's fair, early. it's early into this process. But I guess that's where the ongoing data, the ongoing measurement absolutely allows you to, to, to watch that sustainability. I mean, I've I've seen in a lot of cases where hospitals are, are measuring data 
that they hadn't been before, um, even if it's things including, you know, waiting times for for appointments at, at a hospital. Just, you know, it can be really powerful just to be measuring that data over time, because then if the waiting, once they've improved the waiting times, they start to creep back up. They see that and, and they adjust and they investigate um, before it becomes a big, huge catastrophe like it had been before. There's, I think, something really to be said for um, that ongoing measurement and review and, and not just individual feedback, but departmental feedback or hospital-wide feedback. You could you could break that data down and see which departments have the best, the highest levels of hand hygiene compliance, right? No doubt about it. Across the health system, you could look at hospital versus hospital, unit by unit, role by role. Yeah, so I mean, I think you know, this is really, um, really kind of you know interesting um, technology. Do, do would you say you have competitors that have similar um, technology? Are there different approaches to trying to collect this data? Or yeah, there are definitely uh, other um, businesses out there trying to solve the same problem. There's multiple different approaches. Um, you know, some are using video cameras, some are using uh, what they call real-time location systems, where they put antennas all over the hospital. Um, there are the, some of the suppliers of the actual soap, like Gojo being mm -hmm. probably the biggest one. Yeah, they have solutions where they put a badge on you and connect it to your dispenser. So, yeah, there are multiple different approaches um, to all trying to solve this problem. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're working on this and I know you're, um, you know, helping educate the market and, and, and putting focus on this important problem of hand hygiene compliance and, and infection rates. And, oh, I, I was going to ask, I mean, so you I guess the easiest thing to measure is the percentage adherence. Have, have you been able to see data yet on the infection rates themselves, or is that more of a lagging indicator from these early early trials? Yeah. So first of all, you've got to be able to to get to that minimum level of performance, and then to your earlier point, you've got to be able to show you can sustain the level. Um, then you can start to look at how what's the impact on the infections. So um, we do not have that data yet. Obviously, we're pretty excited about collecting such data. Mm -hmm. And um, we're actually in conversations right now with a, with a pretty big health system that wants to really measure that accurately and look at the impact of hand hygiene improvement on hospital-acquired infections and, and even the, the microbe count on different surfaces and things like that. So uh, while we don't have the data yet, we're, um, we're working towards that. Sure, sure. Um, so if people would like to, to learn more about the company, reach out to you personally, what are the best ways people can find you online? Yeah, the easiest place is our website, of course, with uh, Intelligent M, and that stands for M like Mary, uh, IntelligentM.com. Uh, we have a couple videos on there that kind of explain what we do, and you can reach out to us there if you'd like to. Or um, I'd be happy to um, take anybody's email if they want to email me. Mine's pretty easy. It's just joe at intelligentm.com. Or I'll even give people my cell phone number if they want to reach out to me, um, which is 941-228-2491. Okay, well, great. And I'll, I'll post, I won't post your phone number, but I'll post links to the website and 
other information on the uh, the blog post in the show notes for this episode. So um, again, our guest has been Joe Schnurr from uh, Intelligent M. Yeah, you know, thanks for you know first off talking about you know the, this important problem and, and talking about some of the you know promising technologies and approaches that uh, that you're bringing into the market. Thanks for sharing that with us today. Yeah, no, Mark, I really appreciate you having me on, and um, and uh, I hope it helps somebody. Oh, well, thanks again. All right, thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.